The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Build Your Tribe with your host, Shalene Johnson. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Build Your Tribe. I am Shalene Johnson, and today, kind of a different type of episode. I've changed Build Your Tribe to really benefit you, the listener. I know you have questions about building a business, creating a better business, techniques if you are already a veteran at business, but you're trying to take this stuff online and create a simple, more simplistic, passive way of making income. I'm just letting you ask whatever questions you want, and I've been giving you the answers. So take a look at some of those previous episodes. I think you will find them chuck full of great ideas. Today's episode, I've invited my friend Jimmy onto the show, and here's why. You're going to love Jimmy. Anytime I do a seminar or a live training, I always feel like it's a benefit if Jimmy is in the audience because he is the best question asker. Now, Jimmy has been a part of many of my live seminars, my online academies, my private Facebook groups, my private mentorships, and my private coaching groups. I really feel like he is a bonus to everybody who's involved because he's not afraid to ask a stupid question. He knows that there isn't a stupid question. And he'll just put it out there, even if it feels like, you know, I don't know if everyone's going to judge me or if I'm not supposed to ask this question. I'm just going to ask it. And so he came to me recently and he's like, Shalene, you know, there's a lot of people who just don't even feel comfortable asking certain questions. So if you're new to Build Your Tribe, you can ask me your own question. You can go to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash ask Shaleen and I'll answer your questions. Now I do give priority to those asking the question who are a part of my academies, but if you've got a great question, I'm going to answer it. And Jimmy has been collecting questions from people who are on his team as well as members of our academy who who haven't mustered up the courage to ask their questions. So I thought, what better guest than Jimmy? Ladies and gentlemen, meet my dear friend, an awesome question asker, a phenomenal business owner, a man who's lost and kept off over a hundred pounds, an amazing husband, a super cool dad, and just a great business builder. He goes by the coach Jimmy, but I know him as my friend, Jimmy Hayes Nelson. No, that's actually pretty good. Now, just do a little test so I can check your levels. Microphone check. Test, test. Yeah, that's good. It's perfect. Awesome. So, Jimmy, what kind of questions do you have for me today? I want to start with one from our friend Kelly C., who asks, how did you overcome the fear of failure from moving from the fitness world to what you're doing now with business coaching and consulting? It's a good question. I have the fear, so I think that means I must be courageous. We all must be courageous if we have fear and we do something anyways. I, the, you know, the best answer I can give you is I just did it, you know, and I, I knew it wouldn't kill me. I just told myself, yeah, people might judge me. People might think I don't belong or I don't look like the type or maybe I don't have the expertise or credentials as someone else does. But I just knew in my heart and in my soul, that's what I wanted to do. It's kind of like when I first started teaching fitness classes, 
I was really bad. Like I couldn't get a job and I knew I sucked, but I also knew that I loved it enough to go, well, I don't care if I suck right now. I know I'll get better at this. And so I think to be honest, I would say that my fear of not doing it was greater than my fear of being judged and not doing it well. That's a great point because sometimes it's the, is the devil you know better or worse than the devil you don't know? And it kind of leads into our next question, this theme of, of fear that's kind of coming up here. Brandy M asks, when or how do you know when it's the right time to leave your full-time job? So she's been building a business on the side. She wants to know how she's supposed to know when to make that leap. Okay, Jimmy, I have to just guess that as a leader, as someone who is helping people to do that, build their own businesses and make that leap, I bet you get this question all the time. All the time. Okay, so let's see if my answer matches up with your answer. And my answer is um, do it before you're certain it's the right thing to do. You just just feel feel in your soul that it's going to make you happier and it's going to make you more fulfilled and I know everyone wants a specific number and they want a date and they want a formula and they want a mathematical equation, but I think it's different for every single person. For example, I spoke to Steve Cam, the founder of Nerd Fitness recently, and he told me that he just knew he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing and he quit his job with no backup plan other than a blog. And he just, that was the catalyst for him to say, okay, I've got to do this. And he produced his first ebook within a very short period of time be- because there was no cushion there. And for others, they've got kids and a family or child support or other responsibilities that you just can't quit. But I personally know that when you are passionate and you wake up every day on fire to do something, it's heads above what you can do when you're trying to do multiple things at once and you don't have your full heart and soul and intention and focus centered around one thing. Absolutely. And I totally agree because it goes back to a quality of life thing. Maybe the income drops a little bit, but if your quality of life and you wake up without that like heavy feeling of, oh, I got to go to this job every day. I think that's a form of currency sometimes. Heck yeah. Like, and how do, you, how do you put a price on that? Absolutely. So uh, hopefully that answer helps Brandy. We're going to shift gears here just a little bit. So hopefully okay. you're cool with this. Mm-hmm. A very interesting question from Diana L. She wants to know, were you raised with a strong spiritual base or is that something you have found in your adult life? And kind of a back end of that question is, Did you and Brett have the same background when it came to your spiritual life? Or is that something you guys have developed as a couple? Super cool. I'm so glad that this question came up. And new listeners might wonder, like, what does this have to do with building your business? It has everything to do with building your business. Number one, because, Jimmy, that um, question brings up some important pieces. Number one is like foundation and spirituality. And then, of course, being in alignment with your partner, whether that's a business partner or your life partner, in my case, uh, my business partner, my life partner happened to be the same thing, my husband, Brett. And so to answer your question, we grew up, my family, uh, going to church until like, um, I think like maybe seventh grade. And we lived in a really small town. I'm not sure the year that we stopped going to church, but we lived in a really small town and we lived walking distance to our congregation and It was an important part of our life growing up. And then there was this major scandal in the church where our pastor, this is a true story, our pastor was accused of raping and murdering the church secretary. 
Now, I was a kid when this all happened. I just knew all of a sudden it was like, we didn't go to the church. Our pastor didn't come over to have dinner at our house anymore. And, you know, as a kid, I never asked questions because I didn't love church as a kid. I was like, oh boy, it's Sunday morning, you know? So it was a part of our upbringing to go to church. I wouldn't say we were um, terribly spiritual. It was just one of those things. Like I, I always considered myself a Christian. I think my family, we all considered ourselves Christians, but I just, I really don't remember ever really going back to church, to a particular church after that happened. My husband's background, his childhood was completely different. Had never been, never in his life gone to church other than like for a funeral or a wedding, had never been exposed to the Bible, had never learned anything about it. It, was, it wasn't that his parents um, were against it. It just was one of those things they didn't do. And so he felt a little, um, you know, it's like when everyone has read a book or seen a great movie and you feel a little lost because you mm-hmm. haven't. And so I think he always kind of avoided it. And we talked about, and I would go to church with my friends, et cetera. And it was in that kind of transition when Brett and I realized we had to turn our lives around because we were so stressed and consumed by the next thing and getting ahead and doing more and it was never enough. When we made that transition, a big part of that was reconnecting with my faith. And Brett was very open to going to church with me and learning more about the Bible. And, and now he, his faith is so strong and it's, it's so cool. It's almost like being with like a little kid. He's like, did you know? Like the, he reads these stories and he's like, you're not even going to believe what happened. And it's, it's so exciting for him to like just, and he'll go, that's crazy. You've always said that. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I didn't invent it. You know, like certain like little things which um, have always been a foundation of the way that I think and believe in my principles, which until he was 43 years old, um, he just, it wasn't a part of his life. Now I will say it has made our business stronger. It has made our commitment to each other stronger. It has attracted better, when I say better, I mean better suited customers to us because if if it bothers you that I talk about my Christianity or my faith, then we're probably not meant for each other. If you can handle it, even if your faith is different than mine, that's cool. I respect that other people have different faiths and that some people may have none. Everyone's on their own journey, but I think if it bothers you that I talk about it, we're probably not meant for each other. That's awesome. And that's cool that this is something that you could build together and that you get to share and teach to him and kudos to him for being open to want to grow in that area even if it wasn't comfortable for him growing up. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think as an adult sometimes we're afraid to do things where we're we think that we might look mm-hmm. ignorant. And so I think it was very courageous of him to just even to go to church. He he was like, you know, I I don't even know do we kneel? Do we pray? Like all of those things were like new brand new. That's awesome. That's cool. I Thank you for sharing. That's very cool. Thanks for asking. Okay. So um, I have a little hypothetical for you here. So come on a journey with me. Shalene, are you down for that? <laughs> I'm down. Okay, cool. So here's the situation. You wake up tomorrow. Everything you've built is gone. Nobody knows who you are. You are starting from scratch to rebuild your brand, your business, everything. What is the first steps that you take? Ooh, this is so good. Um, It would be if I had like no money, basically, and no name, but I had my expertise or my knowledge or something I wanted to help people with, 
I would begin by getting a an opt-in page, like either uh, lead pages or megaphone or one of those services where I don't necessarily need a website, but I can deliver to people content and in doing so build an email list and a community. And that would be my first step. And I'm so glad you asked that because that should be everyone's first step. I kind of figured that was going to be your answer. <laughs> But I just wanted to hear it from you. But I just thought it was a great question. Hey, let me ask you a question. Okay. Because, you know, you coach a lot of entrepreneurs and you've been very successful in your network marketing business. Because it's network marketing, I assume, from my own experience in in talking to a great uh, many people who are in a variety of different network marketing organizations, that they kind of have a difficult time understanding that, hey, you're the entrepreneur. It's your business. You don't have to do it like everyone else has done it. It's yours. And that very, it's a select few who really understand the importance of building your own personal brand within that. And what is it that keeps so many people from realizing that they should be building their email list, that you are not your product or your service, that people aren't coming to you necessarily just because of the product or service, because they could go to any other coach or distributor or um, representative of that product or brand, but they go to you. They go to you because of you. So what is it that keeps people from building their own email list who happen to be in your industry? That most people don't realize that they have And for lack of a better word, that they have permission to make the business whatever they want it to, that whatever network marketing company you align with, normally you align with them because you either fell in love, at least for me, it was the products. And I really believed in that because I know that I wouldn't have gotten into network marketing if I didn't really believe in the products or the service that that company provided, but that it's not up to what it's not up to corporate or the corporate structure to let you know how to deliver that. That at the end of the day, it is your business and the way you deliver those products and service are very unique. And that's what's going to attract people to you. Not because you're, you're attached to the greatest product and service. It's your unique spin on it or your unique story with how it's impacted you that really is going to attract the most people. But I agree with you. Most people are so scared to make it their own thing because they feel like they need to get permission from their corporate structure to do something on their own. But I, I like it because I get to use my creativity in it. Yeah. Um, and, and do you have an email list? I do. I started one early, early on. Okay, perfect. So then let me ask you this. You've got your company, the business that you represent. You obviously, you love, you're very passionate about the products, the services, um, it's nutrition and exercise and it's life coaching. But what people come to you for is something special and what people are becoming members of your email list, subscribing to your website, checking you out on YouTube. You know, you're not just talking about your products or services, you're giving them something special. So, so what is it that you deliver to people? What is it that you give people that's a unique experience? I deliver motivation. Mm -hmm. And that sounds a little generic, but I'm going to get really specific with you for just a second. What I find is most people are waiting for some external force to give them motivation. And what people that opt into my list, I teach them how to create their own motivation, not only to get them started, but to keep going. Anytime Mm -hmm. they hit one of those down areas or a bit of a lull, Mm -hmm. they can go back to these steps and and reactivate immediately. Mm. Do you find that your most successful team members have an entrepreneurial mindset or is it perseverance? Like which is more important when it comes to being successful 
as um, somebody in your organization? I think it's perseverance. Mm, good. And I don't know that I would have answered that way till just then when you asked me the question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it is that there's a lot of people that I work with that have come in and worked with me and my team that may not have looked at themselves as entrepreneurs, but they were already hard workers. They were busy people. They were people that a lot of times probably didn't think they had time to build something on their own. But I find that I enjoy working with busy people the most because they already have that work ethic. Yeah, that's good. And that's an honest answer, you know, because the average person might have said, well, it's an entrepreneurial spirit or an entrepreneurial mindset. But you you limit people who are like, well, I, I don't even know what it means to be an entrepreneur. So this isn't right for me, but I do have persistence. I think persistence pays off no matter what you're doing. It just pays off. Even if, if you don't, eventually you'll have the skill. Eventually you'll have the knowledge. Eventually you will out persist your competition. Absolutely. And so many people don't realize those things that have served them well in the traditional corporate structure they can use those exact same skills to create a business of their own and they never realized it before. So they may have not have looked at themselves as an entrepreneur because they didn't realize they already had that skill set. They just needed someone to come along and say, hey, this stuff you're already doing for corporation XYZ, let me show you how you can take those exact same skills and build something of your very own. Okay, so let me ask you one more question. I know this is you supposed to be asking me <laughs> questions, but it's okay. fun for me and because I know you'll be you'll shoot straight with me. Um, there are those who they say like, oh, well, I, I don't want to align myself with an MLM because I hate selling and I love this and I love that, but I'm just not a salesperson. I don't like pushing stuff on people. And I hear that like over and over and over again. I know you do too. But yet the people I know who are just freaking killing it in multi-level marketing organizations like yourself, um, like my sister, for example, dude, she's the furthest thing I can think of from a salesperson. Like I'm the pushy one. I'm the one who's going to get up in your face and say, you need to buy this. This is going to make your life better. But Janelle just kind of like, you know, she's very patient, very quiet. She's very passionate, but she I guess she just kind of lets her life speak for itself. And I mean, if I can brag, I'm a little sister for a second. She's like the number one earner in the entire organization. And most people don't even, you know, necessarily know who she is. She's not always on the stage for winning contests. She ain't about that life. She doesn't like to be pushy. She would never sell someone or talk someone into something. And I don't mean to make this sound simple. I should have her on the show and interview her about her techniques. But all I can tell you is that she lives her life by helping others. She doesn't push anything. She doesn't sell anything. She just lives her life and lets people ask her how they can join her team. And that works for her. That might not work for other people. It works for her. And I mean, Natalie Jill, I mean, she's also one of the top earners in her network marketing organization, which is different from my sister's. But again, You never hear her talk about that. People just take notice of the way she lives and they want to be a part of her team. And and so, I mean, I guess there's this stigma associated with multi-level marketing or sales or direct sales or for that matter, internet marketing or social media marketing or selling of anything, whether it's an ebook or an online course or joining your organization. Like there's such the stigma attached with selling. The people who I know who are really passionate and successful in quote unquote sales, they don't sell. They're just very passionate about what it is they do and they believe in it so much that they can't help sometimes but talk about it. Let me give you another example. Uh, My friend Lewis Howes, 
And we became friends really because he's a fellow podcaster and we just kind of connect and we talk about everything like from book writing to our podcast, to our businesses, to our relationships, fitness, sports. He's just become a really good friend to both Brett and I. And um, when I was sharing with him kind of the struggle and having to do a video launch, he just was like, Shaleen, please, please believe me, you have to do webinars. Now, he wasn't going to charge me for his amazing webinar academy. I mean, we're good friends. I've given him access to my academies. He's given me access to his webinar academy. That's not selling me. But he definitely worked very hard to persuade me to try webinars because he knew. He's like, Shalene, it works. You'll love it. It's, it's so up your alley. You love talking. It's not as difficult as having to do um, a big production video for your launches. Just try it. I don't consider that selling. I consider that being persuasive and passionate when you know something is going to make life easier. So, but that's the thing that people always say. They're like, oh, no, no, no. I don't want to do this or that because I hate sales. So if it's not selling, why is it people like yourself and the other people who come to mind who are really successful, what is it and why do people associate it with sales? You know what's funny? The, the people that I find that say that the most when I look at their personal life, in some way, shape, or form, they're already a major influencer on the people in their in their network or their friends or their family. They're those people that say, yeah, I, I'm not a good salesperson, but everybody has the exact same blender they do, or everybody wears the exact same shoes or whatever, but they don't, they've, they've attached this stigma, this negative stigma of sales to what we do, like they're, you know, pushing you know, use cars on people or, or they're, they're, they're pitching snake oil. And really, I don't know that I would have gotten into, I didn't look at it as sales when I got in. I had a very life-changing experience with a product and you couldn't shut me up about it. And so I was doing that before I ever got paid for it. So I always just try to share stories of, I just ask them, is there something, you know, a movie, a restaurant, a product, something that you've used that have had a huge impact on you? And I watch them like talk for a good five minutes without taking a breath. And I just smile at them and I go, I know you're right. You are totally terrible at sales. <laughs> and they kind of get what I mean by then. That's a great way to flip the switch on people and help them to understand it's not sales. It's being passionate about something, anything. And you know what? It is sales when you are paid a commission to talk about and persuade people to do something that you're not personally passionate about. And, and so, you know, I would never suggest that anybody get into that kind of sales. But I think most of us, if you have an opinion, if it's changed your life, we, it's hard not to be passionate about it. It's hard not to want to have other people improve their lives with it. Jimmy, this has been really fun. Can we do it again soon? Let's, let's, let's do this. I'm having a blast. Awesome. And where can people find out more about The Coach Jimmy? You can either go to thecoachjimmy.com or you can learn more about my ways that I help you create your own motivation by going to five, that's the number five, daysfire.com. Five daysfire.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jimmy. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, Shalane. 